Welcome back, Fourth and Long fans. It's your footy correspondent, Coach Donnie Hess, here back with another off-season supporter chat. And ladies and gentlemen, I have a fascinating one here down to finding himself down in Barwin Heads, Victoria. I have Justin joining me to ju- Justin joining me today. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, thanks for having me, Donnie. Awesome. Awesome. So before we get into the footy, I like to find out just a little bit about the person that I'm chatting with outside of the game of football. So just a real quick bio about who you are outside of the game of football. Okay. So um, I am a journalist and an editor for a couple of newspapers, one near here in Ocean Grove and one in Geelong. Um, I've been a sports reporter, a television reporter, um, a editor and author at Lonely Planet Travel. Um, yeah, there's not much to me really. Um, I uh, grew up playing footy and cricket, uh, sports. Only gave cricket away a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, lived down here in Bowen Heads, which is uh, oh, it's about probably an hour and a quarter from southwest of Melbourne. Um, nice place, very, very busy at this time of year in summer. Um, all the tourists will probably go home on Sunday, which is good for those of us who don't rely on them. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. I've got a wife and two daughters, um, a granddaughter, and yeah, that's me. All right, fantastic. Well, let's jump into it. This is a footy. This is a footy podcast. So we got to find out a little bit about your connection to footy. So, what's your favorite thing about the sport of footy? Well, I grew up with it. Um, what's my favorite thing? Um, I like fast pace of the game. I, um, although uh, recent rule changes. Uh, to, although they're trying to speed the game up, I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's really worked. I like the tribalism. Um, I like going to the footy um, and being part of the Richmond tribe, and I can certainly understand, appreciate uh, supporters of the of the seventeen other clubs um, that feel the same way. Um, I like the fact that it's uh, relatively safe to go and sit, um, not like. Um, English football, which I'm a big fan of uh, too. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a unique game. It's a uh, it's a sport that I would imagine would require quite a lot of, uh, of learning um, if you're introduced to the game late. Um, and I always appreciate um, people who try and learn it, particularly from other countries. Um, I always appreciate people who who uh, enjoy it and and make the effort to learn. Um, so yeah, it's um it's a good outlet on a weekend. Um, I'm not much of a of a yeller or a or a, um, a very demonstrative person, um, but I can get fairly demonstrative at the footy, which which I like. Uh, I enjoy that aspect of it. Not a, there's nothing wrong with that. All right, we're, we're going to go back into the time capsule a little bit in, in your memory. Can you remember your earliest footballing memory? So the first game I attended was in 1977. Um, I remember it vividly. Um, my dad, I grew up in a, in a, uh, on a, just on a farm outside of a city called Shepparton, which is about, 
about um, 100 miles north of Melbourne. And uh, my dad took me down to see my first game. It was at Moravan. Um, and for those who don't know, that was Richmond uh, travelling to Moorabbin to play against St Kilda. Um, Moorabbin was a very hostile venue for opposition supporters. Um, it, uh, they, had, they, had, they had an enclosure called the Animal Enclosure, which was where their hardcore supporters used to stand on the wing. And um, it, was, it was feral as... Um, but as a seven-year-old, I didn't really notice too much of that. All I noticed was that I was wearing a Richmond Guernsey and a, I think I got, I think I was wearing a beanie as well. And I got in for free. And um, I realised later on that that was, um, you know, kids wearing a Guernsey got in for free. Um, my dad thought it was because they thought I might have been playing in the Little League at halftime. Um, but no, it was, a, it was a promo thing, even even back then. Um, my first memories of that game was that Richmond won. Um, I think it was only by about 18 points or something like that. Um, I vividly remember um, the smell of the footy record when I opened it, which is the program, um, just a freshly um, sort of printed paper. Um, I remember the smells of jam donuts in the air. I remember the smells of um, men smoking cigars and pipes. Um, which was a very distinct smell to me. I quite, I quite liked it. Um, and yeah, I, I appreciated my dad taking me down. Um, yeah, I don't remember too much about the game. It was a long time ago. Um, but I know that we won. Um, and I know that it was um, quite cold. Um, and Michael Malthouse was playing for Richmond. And uh, Dad didn't barrack for Richmond. He barracked for Essendon. Um, he wasn't a hardcore supporter at all. And I remember him um, all day calling Mick Malthouse Mick Shithouse. Um, I don't know why, because Mick was a really good player. Um, I think he was doing it to wind me up. Um, so, yeah, that were my first memories. And then as I got a little bit older, I, um, my mum, because I got right into it, my mum started following Richmond. And we had a ritual. There was no footy on tally back then. You'd have to wait until between 6.30 and 8.30 for the replays on Saturday night uh, and just hope that your game was one of the three that they covered. Um, and my mum would religiously make casseroles for dinner on Saturday afternoons. And I'd sit up on the bench um, with the radio, with my uh, notepad, uh, and would write down the goals, the scores, the quarter-time scores. And mum would listen with me and make the dinners. And then as a family, we'd all sit down and watch the footy replay um, with, our, with our dinner. Much to my two younger sisters' disgust, they didn't get into footy at all. Um, but yeah, they were good times. Um, so it was good that uh, mum got right into it. Um, she wasn't a football follower at all until I sort of started um, sort of started getting into it. Dad kept very interested in but had a soft spot for Richmond because all the games he took me to um, were Richmond games. Um, so, yeah, that were my earliest memories and fond memories too. I remember awesome. one day uh, we went down to Geelong to see a game with um, my uncle, who was a, a member at Geelong. You know, they lived in Anglesey, which is not too far from Geelong. And um, 
my uncle was a Geelong supporter and um, Geelong won quite easily that day. I think it was might have been 78 or 79 and um, I was standing on a milk crate and every time um, Geelong kicked a goal, specifically Larry Donoghue, who was a full forward for Geelong back in the day, a very good player, every time he kicked a goal, uh, my uncle would push me off the milk crate and um, Larry Donoghue, he kicked seven that day, so I copped, a bit, I copped a bit of a hiding. Um, yeah, but good times. Awesome, awesome. So, so you kind of, you kind of, you kind of took my next question away from me, but I'm, I'm going to stay in it just a little bit. So, you're a huge Richmond supporter, and as you said, your dad was an Essendon supporter, but not super. Mom wasn't really, and sisters weren't. And you said your uncle was Geelong. So, it, it kind of sounds like your family has a little bit of everything. As you as you've gotten older, did you have any brothers? Or did you have any other? Did your sisters ever get married? Did they ever have? Did did their uh, significant others were they? So, kind of what's the family dynamic dynamic when it comes to the footy? Because I've heard sometimes the banter amongst the family when you when you have multiple clubs can be fantastic. Uh, sorry to disappoint you, Donnie, but my two sisters aren't. Never got into it. Um, my middle sister um, barracked for Carlton, um, hmm. but wouldn't even wouldn't even know. My younger sister barracked for Essendon because Dad did, and they were very close. Um, and I've been to a few Richmond Essendon games with my younger sister. Um, she's she follows it, but yeah, she wouldn't be able to tell you any any of the players or anything like that. Um, so no, I sort of missed out on that sort of family dynamic, but um, hearing stories probably wasn't a bad thing. We're all able to remain pretty civil to each other. Yeah, it's it's one of two. It's one of two things when I talk with people. It's either everybody in the family loves one club, or the family is kind of a, an amalgamation of multiple clubs, which is always fascinating because it's either everybody is diehard for one club, or everybody kind of picks their own and it's always a fascinating thing so which again it, you even see it over here all the time when it comes to sports new sports teams so it's, it's just fascinating to hear that so let, let's go back into it a little bit can you remember the first richmond item that you were ever given or bought i've got a photo when i was i think nine um although that would um contradict what i said when i went when i was uh, my first game i'm pretty sure it was the guernsey like a long sleeve um, Richmond Guernsey. Back then, there were no um, sponsors labels on the middle. There was just like a, um, a VFL insignia mm -hmm. on on the top left of the sash, um, and that was my that was my first item that I was given. And I got a beanie as well, uh, and I wore the Guernsey a lot. Like I wore it to school. Um, I went to a primary school where the maximum amount of children at any one time was only 16. Um, most of the time, around 12. Um, so we lived fairly, well, I wouldn't say remote, we were only 20 minutes from Shepparton. But uh, yeah, that were the first two items. Um, I remember one Christmas I got a, a, a drink bottle that had all the club's logos on it, um, which I wasn't overly keen on. Awesome, awesome. All right, I'll I'll go to my I go to my next one because I'm I've, I'm fascinated again as you kind of said the 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 tribalism of of 
footy is fascinating to me. And for me, I love hearing people's stories on how they fan because I think fanny, I think people support or fan differently. Everybody does it a tiny bit different. Nobody is exactly the same. So I always like kind of hearing people explain it. So can you describe your fandom of Richmond for me? Are you one of those that you have to see every game? If you can't see it on the telly, you have to listen to it on the radio. You, you're constantly keeping track on how the team is going. Kind of what, what's your fandom of Richmond? So I'm the type of person that has to go to the game in order to watch it. I can't watch it on television live. Um, I can't listen to it on the radio live. Um, I get, uh, this is going to sound really weird because I'm completely not in control when I'm at the game. Like what I do has no bear on the outcome. But at watching it at the game, I feel like I'm involved or invested um, personally. Television, I cannot watch live. I could maybe watch the first quarter, um, but then I just have to turn it off um, and I'll check scores on my phone um, sporadically. Um, I turn off all socials, all text messages. Um, I don't know why. I just feel like, because I can't see the whole ground, I can't see the play open up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, when, when you're at the ground and you're in a good spot, you can see things happen before they happen. And with that respect, I feel like um, nothing's too much of a surprise in the immediate time. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas television, I mean, the commentators, they are absolutely horrendous. They like, they really spoil <laughs> it for me. Um, yeah. I So my level of fandom, I would say I was, um, when I was sort of in my teens and to, sort of up to, about 30, I would have put it as a 10 out of 10. Um, nowadays, uh, I'm still a good solid nine. Um, but our recent success has made me mellow a little bit. Um, up mm-hmm. until 2017, there was just that empty void in my life. Whereas, you know, Richmond, you know, two finals appearances in, you know, 35 years. I mean, you, you just can't. You just can't comprehend how crap that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we made the finals those two times, there was this promise of a new dawn. We were straight back down uh, to where we, you know, where we belonged, where a lot of people would say. Um, so definitely the last, um, four, the last five years or so have mellowed me. Um, it's a good feeling. But um, as I say to, um, say, my St Kilda mates, who are probably in that position where Richmond were five years ago. Um, it'll be the best thing that ever happens to you um, when you win one. Um, but after you do, there's that little something that's missing. It's really hard to explain. It, you know, the hope of a new season, you know, is this going to be the year? Uh, no, nah, nah, we're crap. Nah, but it could be. It could be our year. And that's just gone now. Like I'm at peace with the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. Although I desperately want another one. One makes you greedy for two, two mm-hmm. makes you greedy for three, three makes you greedy for more. Um, but uh, I've certainly mellowed. And for St Kilda fans, um, it'll happen one day. And when it does, it'll be great. Um, but that, that little something will go missing, which is a good thing, but um, you'll never have to feel it again. 
Yeah, no, 100% makes sense. And, and I, I remember in 17 watching that final and going, the elation of the Richmond fans when, when, when that, when that final siren off and you were premieres was, was fascinating again. And just uh, the, the, the glory and the love of the song was absolutely fantastic. So I, I got to say this, it's one of my coolest memories sitting up. It was like two in the morning and I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm a Sydney Swan supporter. And even I found myself going yellow and black during that part because it's just, it was just so cool. So, I, I got to give you on that one. So, so you already answered my next question. You said that your first game you attended was in 1977, correct? Yep, that's right. All righty. So we'll, we'll move we'll move on to the next. We'll move on to the next one. And I love this question because it make I get to hear a little bit of it. Do you have a favorite player of the past, and do you have a favorite player currently on the Richmond Tigers list? So my first favorite player was um, a guy called Bruce Monteith. Um, I had his number 11 on the back of my, my Guernsey. Um, Bruce Monteith was uh, um, from Westerners cut down injuries. He wasn't small. He was about six foot. He knew how to kick a goal. I, he played less than 150 games. He kicked the average more than a goal a game. Um, and he captained our 19 Premier team. Um, but he was injured. Um, so that was back in the day when the interchange wasn't so big on rotations. So if you started on the bench, you were a good chance of spending um, at least half a game on the bench. Um, the coaches just didn't like moving things around, no such thing as, well, there probably was such thing as fatigue, but sports science wasn't wasn't really a thing um, back in the 1980s. Um, Bruce Monteith ended up playing in the grand final, um, but he was injured. Uh, he got to come on with the, in the last minutes. Um, by that time, we'd had him well and truly won. Uh, we won by 81 points, which um, I think then was a record. Um, and he got to lift the cup up, which was fantastic. I think he retired pretty much um, straight away. Um, my next favourite player and my favourite player of all time uh, was Michael Roach. Um, he was a full forward. He kicked 800 goals. He was a six foot four athletic freak who um, could take a high mark. He was a Beautiful kick for goal. Um, I modelled my footy on, on him, um, even down to the kicking style. Uh, he was, uh, my mum and I would just listen to the radio and he'd kick bags of 10 and 11. And, uh, you know, I'd go and I'd be lucky enough to go and see him a couple of times a year. Um, he was just amazing and a really lovely guy too. I got to meet him um, not that long ago, probably about six or seven years ago lovely guy. Um, his footy suffered when Brian Taylor came into the team. Now, Brian Taylor is one of those commentators now that I don't really like. Um, but um, Brian Taylor wasn't just a con uh, full forward. He was a Richmond full forward for a few years. Unfortunately, Brian, who was a very good footballer, um, but he couldn't play anywhere else other than full forward. Um, he wasn't um, nimble enough to go out to center forward. wasn't wasn't big enough to play in the ruck. So Brian Taylor was too good a player to be playing in the seconds. Um, so he came in and to play full forward. 
Michael Roach got pushed out to centre half forward and finished his career as a ruckman kind of hybrid sort of a follower. Um, I've never really given Brian Taylor for pushing Michael Roach out because uh, uh, I believe he probably could have gone close to a thousand goals. Um, but uh, yeah, it is what it is. Then I loved Matthew Knight, who was uh, number thirty-three. Had his number on my back. Uh, still got a, a, a jumper with his number on my back. Matthew Knight is um, he was a left footer, classy captain. Um, never really forgave Danny Frawley for retiring him, but uh, Danny, rest in peace. Uh, you know, I've forgiven that. Uh, yeah, I don't think many Richmond supporters like the idea of um, of him uh, being forced to retire. When I thought he still had some good footy left in him. Um, Matthew Knights was he was a jet, just so good. Now with uh, Matthew Richardson, then. Um, every I was Richard waiting to see if Richo probably, got in there. <laughs> we'll probably say Richo. Um, there was a period of probably six or seven years where we would just go to the footy just to watch Richo because we knew we were crap. Uh, we knew we were likely going to lose. Uh, but he was the one constant that would keep us going to the footy just to see him. Um, just, yeah, just an absolute star. And nowadays, um, yeah, I'm probably a bit old to have favourite players. Boy, but, um, but you'd have to say Dustin Martin, wouldn't you? Hard to argue that he is not yeah, one of the. He's player. not one of the best. I really, I really hope he's back to full, full, the full fledged health this season because a great, a, a, a top flight Dusty is one of those. He's just is so much fun to watch, and I think it, it it hurt a little bit watching him in that in that in that. Um, that elimination final because I, I really didn't think he would he was he, he was underdone and I think Richmond kind of they got seduced by the fact that he was coming back and they let an underdone player come into the finals in a in a big game and, and whether it cost them or not is still kind of up for that's up for debate we, we can we can discuss that a little bit later so but let's let's go to it as you said your your club has had a ton of success three three flags in in the last five years so I gotta ask can you pick your most memorable moment as a supporter? And is it one of those three flags? Oh, absolutely. It is. Um, 2017 was, um, it was cathartic that um, I was lucky enough to be able to go uh, with three of my mates that I go with every week. Um, we had pretty ordinary people right up to the fourth level, but they could have suspended me from one of the light towers you know harness for all i cared as long as i was there um it was but just a just to get there and experience to build up i never thought i never thought it would happen um and then the actual day itself was when that when we knew we had it won with like you know 10 minutes to go i started i was, I was in tears uh, just absolutely overwhelmed um, it's still a blur, but I remember um, some mates um, had another guy drop off about three eskies full of beer cans, and um, we sat near the Jack Dye statue just outside Punt Road until about 10 p.m. and just soaked it all in. And then I remember walking down Swan Street. Um, where there are about 25,000 know, supporters 
can be pretty feral at times. I, I absolutely realise that Richmond supporters don't have the best reputation, but we were at our feral best that night. Um, I just walked around and, and soaked it in. I wasn't jumping on cars or, or um, standing on roofs and um, lighting bins on fire. But uh, yeah, <laughs> that was uh, it. Was just the most amazing time. 2019 was great, um, and 2020 didn't get to see it because it was in Brisbane. That was really weird. Um, I'll always remember that first game that Dad took me to. Um, yeah, but yeah. There's, I've seen a lot of good times, but far more bad times than good times over the years. Um, but that 2017 just wiped wiped it all all from memory. It was um. It, well, and I think a lot of um, a lot of footy supporters um, enjoyed it for us in mm-hmm. 2017. Unfortunately, we became over the next three or four years we became quite strong and quite arrogant again, um, which eroded a lot of that goodwill um, from other supporters, uh, which I don't make any apologies for because um, we were the the butt of everyone's jokes, ridicule. Um, embarrassment for the best part of three decades. Um, I do wish we probably had been a little bit more humble um, after 2017, but I can understand why we weren't. Um, yeah, it's the way it is. Well, the biggest thing that I, I say for most is that you built you built a brand that I think everybody was like, oh my gosh, because it was just such, it was so uniquely you that I think for many people, I, I don't know if it was animosity, but it was almost jealousy because we couldn't believe that you went from a Damian Hardwick in 2016. I mean, there was talk of him being sacked. I mean, for, mm-hmm. for the longest time. And then you come in 2017 and it wasn't, it wasn't the, the rip roaring 12 and 0 start to the season. Like, like some have been, but you just kept getting better and better. And then you hit finals and it was like, you just blossomed. And it's, I, I think it's the one thing that I, I thoroughly enjoyed the 2017 finals because Richmond got to show what they've been building and they showed what they could do. Do, do I think that some Richmond supporters took it a little overboard? I think it's the same way with all supporters. I think, I think demons fans even kind of ran into it this last year that they got a little bit big headed. Look at, look at some of the crowds this year for some of the demons fans. They didn't go to the games as much. And you were like, well, you've got this great team. You start off the season 11 or 10 and 0. You're like, um, why are you not at the stadium? So, so you can, you can kind of understand that you break that ground and you get that, that rush of positive momentum. But I've always respected Richmond because they've stayed true to themselves. Yes. I, everybody's got dickheads in their fan base. So I take no, nothing personal. In fact, many times I respect the Richmond fan base because they're very honest about how they feel about it. So, so you have, you have no, you have no disrespect coming from me as a small, as a Swan supporter this year. In fact, I, like I said, I 100% agree with you seeing the doggies win in 16, even over the Swans. And then you guys winning in 17 and then Melbourne winning in 20 Melbourne winning in 21. I'm like, this is awesome. Three clubs that had had such long droughts all end their droughts. You love it for their fan bases. So, I think, so I think what 2017 did, the fact that we came from 13th to first, gave a lot of other teams hope that it can oh, happen. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you look at Collingwood last year, 13th mm-hmm. within a point of the grand final, um, and I think they would have put up a much better show. Sorry than the Swannies. I was I was barracking for Sydney, being so close to Geelong. I, yeah. Um, 
I think they would have uh, probably put up a better fight um, than the Swans. Um, yeah, and I think our game style, that chaotic um, mm-hmm. press, go forward at all times, uh, attack the ball carrier. Um, as supporters, we could go along the games knowing that well, we might not win, but they're going to actually have a crack. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what, deep down, that's what every supporter just wants. You just want to see them have a crack. If mm-hmm. they lose and the opposition's too good on the day, hey, well done. You tip the cap. Yep. But as long as they have a go, um, that's all you want as a supporter. Yep. You just don't want that flat come out and have absolutely no energy performance like like a, like a few teams unfortunately have had. So one hundred percent agree with you. All right, so we'll we'll go to we'll go to it. My next we'll go to current day. This last season is up. Richmond, you make the finals, but you fall just a little bit short to Brisbane in that elimination final. Which again, that was that was an exhilarating game. I was watching it up here and during work and just could not keep my eyes from it. It was an absolutely amazing game. Didn't go Richmond's way. So I so I ask, what are your thoughts on this last season? You make the finals, you fall just a little bit short, but it is one of those where you kind of look at it and you go, you made the finals when Dusty had injuries and wasn't always his best. So your your thoughts kind of this on this last season? I think that Brisbane final summed up our season. Um, it was just a case of, you know, what if, you know, lots of what ifs. Yeah. Um, we lost. I think after round four, the lot, our highest losing margin was something like 13 points. Mm-hmm. We'd lost so many close games. Um, yeah, you know, maybe we were unlucky in some. Um, you know, the Gold Coast game where we led by seven goals. Um, that's not unlucky. That's just bad footy. Um, mm-hmm. I don't care what anyone. The Geelong game where we lost by four points, where um, you know, uh, Henry took a mark and kicked a goal late. Um, I won't go too much on Tom Stewart knocking Dion Prestia out because uh, I have a lot of Geelong mates. Um, yeah, it was. And then you look at Collingwood, how they won so many close games. Mm-hmm. A lot of people call that lucky. That's not luck. That's 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 knowing how to win when you have to. Um, the, the amount of times they came back from four goals down uh, to pinch the game, um, and they're really well coached by um, by McRae, who I had a lot of time for when he was at Richmond. Um, yeah, it, it was it was a horrible season to watch. It really was. Um, you know that Fremantle game where we had a draw. And, um, Cumberland played on after taking that mark after the siren. Um, I think we only won one of the close ones, and that was against Brisbane at the MCG when we were great um, goals down at one stage. Um, yeah, it, look, all clubs have injuries. We we had we had our fair share. Um, it, it 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 was a really frustrating season, and I was there at the uh, the Gabba final. Um, cost me an arm and a leg uh, to fly up there and stay um, and it was a fantastic game of footy it was just end to end high scoring um, I can understand I haven't watched the replay I've got no interest in it um, but I can understand how neutrals um, sort of sat there and really enjoyed that game but you know uh, forgetting the Tom Lynch goal that was overturned um, by the arc um, just poor defending uh, four defenders on Joe Danaher and the goal scorer and he managed get his foot to it um that's just you know you read what you say you get what you deserve um i'm hoping that uh that those close wins close losses from last year can uh can translate into some wins this year um i think if you even halve those close losses 
and say that we won half of them, we would have finished top four, mm-hmm. um, of which I would have given us a decent um, a decent shot at, say, playing, I don't know who finished, oh, it would have been Geelong in the first final, probably a loft, but then, you know, um, you've got teams like Melbourne, who I think were probably travelling better than, um, I think it yeah, Sydney and Sydney would have been hard, but you know, you never know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that gives us a bit of hope um, for this year. Uh, yeah, uh, last year was was just one of those really horrible, frustrating seasons, and um, yeah, uh, I, it was yeah, just weird, just a really weird season. And just every bounce just did not go your way, especially late in there. So, all right. And and I'm one of those that I keep track of the off season because again, it's, it's very, very different. You have the, you have the sign and trade period, then you have the draft and, and, and do you keep an eye on your off season and how happy are you if you do, because you pick up a couple of really solid midfielders from GWS. Oh, I think every footy follower follows the off season, sometimes even more, um, uh, more fanatically than the than the season itself, particularly uh, particularly when you're sort of down the bottom of the ladder, a good off season can uh, can make all the difference. Particularly, you know, like Richmond finishing third uh, in 2016, picking up Dion Prestia, um, Tom Lynch the year after. Uh, yeah, I I definitely follow it. Um, I follow all the clubs, all the trades. Um, our trade period was fantastic. Um, Taranto and Hopper both class players both should be in their prime at 25 years old um their injury history bothers me a little bit um they'd want to get out on the park more next year than what they did last year um but i think taranto in particular will benefit from attending more center bounces um and hopper's just that sort of that hard nut i mean he's got some class as well but he's just that hard nut that um that will um, add to our uh, an area that we really lacked last year, which was contested footy and um, stoppages. Um, I'm a little bit worried about their longevity, um, but uh, I think they were good pickups. What it did mean was um, we virtually had no draft hand, um, and it made the draft uh, the draft usually really exciting because you you know you become this draft expert. You know, this once a year draft expert where in the last two weeks before the draft, you sort of read up on all the players and you, you know, just you decide who you want and who you don't want. When in reality, you've got no idea, no idea whether these kids can play or not. Um, so it meant we had to, we had two picks um, very late. Um, so that was, uh, that was a little bit of a, uh, a buzzkill. Um, and we've given away our first round to GWS next year as well. So, um, all in all, I would mark the off-season as being uh, successful at this stage, depending on whether the two Giants boys can stay on the field. If they stay on the field, that's yeah, genius by Blair Hartley. Yeah, so and, and, well, that's a great transition because my next one is is going into next season. I, I think we're all we're, we're getting closer and closer. We're in mid, we're late January, almost February, meaning we are less than two months away. I think I saw somewhere on it fifty days until the first bounce of the first game. So, what are your thoughts going into next year? Because as a Richmond supporter, again, Taranto and Hopper hop in. You got to have a little bit of confidence. Your team made the finals. Yes, you had that the record in, in close games. Do you see a bounce up? Do you think a top four is a possibility? Do you think Richmond's in the, in the conversation for winning a flag next year? I think we're in the conversation for sure. Um, I think a lot of things need to go right to finish top four. Um, having said that, I 
think we are very capable of it. Um, as I said, a lot depends on whether Taranto and Hoppo can string games together. Um, I wouldn't want to see Tom Lynch injured for any period of time uh, because I think Jack Rewald's just probably is his last year. Um, we don't have a lot of, uh, of key tall forwards sort of coming through. Um, I know that the, the mid-season draft pick last year, Jacob Bauer, um, looks quite solid, uh, but he's still a while off. So I, a lot of things need to go right. Um, so if things do go wrong, um, I believe we could sort of be around that sort of 6th to 10th mark. But if things go right, um, I believe they can go really right. And um, I think our, our fix is it's not um, super hard. It's not super easy either. Um, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic that we can finish top four, and if you finish top four, you're every chance. Um, so uh, I think uh, I think there'll be teams that improve. Um, I think Port Adelaide will uh, will improve and make the finals. Um, as much as I hate to uh, say it, I think Carlton uh, look pretty good and will make the finals. Um, yeah. So uh, who who drops out? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, we'll have to see. Yeah, it'll be fast. It'll be fascinating. I said in one podcast, I think there's 14 teams. Honestly, looking at looking at it, the way this offseason, I think there's 14 teams that could vie for the finals this year. I think this could be yep. one of those. I think the bottom. I think the bottom four teams could make or break somebody's season if they if you lose a game to a bottom four side this year because it is going to hammer you because the, it's going to be a gauntlet. Carlton, I think, is better. Richmond is solid. Collingwood is my enigma team. I'm very fascinated. Can they continue what they did last year? Because I'm one of those, I, I agree with you, it's not luck, but I also think it also sets a bad habit. You can't play games against Essendon's, North Melbourne's, Hawthorne's, who are in the bottom four. And win by that. Yes, you did get some games where you beat Melbourne and you and you beat you you, uh, you played really tough against Sydney and you won some games in the finals. But when you're playing bottom four sides and you're still winning with the comebacks, that makes me question: Is your game style really there? Because you have to come back all the time. It's not sustainable for multiple seasons you're going to get found out so i collingwood is my enigma team this year i think if there's one team i sit here and i go has a really good shot of falling out of the finals i think it's collingwood and maybe sydney because sydney was young and it'll be a question of can they bounce back from that from the horrible grand final loss i don't know we'll we'll have to see i i I think it's there's so many things and then how does geelong back up last year selwood leaves they're still relatively in more experienced side, but they're still really, really good, and they didn't lose a lot. So I'm fascinating. So I this 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 season could be absolutely bonkers. So I'm I'm gonna have some fun with you. Being an American, we 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 have a lot of people on social media that think they can do everything. Like if they were put in the top guy spot, the general manager or list manager spot, they could do it. So I'm gonna have a little bit of fun here. Um, for one day, I'm gonna install you as the list manager for the Richmond Footy Club. All 17 teams are completely open. You can bring in one player to add to Richmond's list to make them a chance to win a flag next year. Who's that one player and why? Okay, that's a really tough one. I, I'm, I'm a massive fan of. Um, I'm probably going to get canned for this, uh, <laughs> but I'm a, I'm a massive fan of uh, Sam Walsh from Carlton. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's a local boy, Ocean Grove boy, just across the, the, the bridge from us. Um, but he just oozes leadership. Um, terrific player. Um, I think you can build a, a bit of a, um, a club around um, a player like that. Um, I, I'm just looking how, what we probably need. We probably need another forward um, after, and probably another key back. Um, Dylan Grimes is probably reaching the end. Robbie Tarrant, of course, probably only came over here for to Richmond for a couple of years. Um, I'd have someone maybe like a Harris Andrews from Brisbane, mm-hmm. um, who I rate as a, as a really good player. Um, and as a forward, uh, gee, I'd love to prize Max from St Kilda. Um, I think uh, I think he'd I think if we had him on the list next year, um, would be uh, would be right up there. Um, so they're probably the three. Um, there, look, there'd be lots and lots of others as well. Um, but uh, if I put my list, I'd probably be a terrible list manager. But um, <laughs> going by going by that, I'd say they're probably our our, our needs. Yeah, uh, makes one hundred percent. And again, it's it's just fun to think of. It's fun to think about. And it's definitely oh, you, you your can boy. Definitely, go ahead. Your boy Chad Warner as well. He's a he's yeah, a he's I, a good one. He's a good one. I I, he, I would I would he, definitely. He's the, my, my my thing about Chad is is, the, is that he knows is that he's he's one of those that sometimes he can disappear a little bit. I think Luke Parker has really kind of let him kind of be his type of player. I mean, when he gets the footy in hand, he's very strong. He's really good with the footy in hand and knows how to distribute it. But sometimes he can disappear a little bit. I think that's one of the things that the grand final hurt hurt Sydney was, is that Geelong was getting first to the footy. And, and Chad Warner is really one of those when he can get that second, that, that first handball and then use his speed out of the front of the pack. Then I think then he's really, really effective. And that just really didn't happen in that grand final for sure. So he, he, he was a good one. He, All right. He wasn't on his lonesome. Yeah, no, was he wasn't. Others. There were there were a lot of and he that were off that day. There he were absolutely tore apart um, in uh, that game at the MCG last year. Oh, sorry, at the SCG last year. Um, absolutely tore us apart. So um, yeah, he'd, he'd be another one that I'd be quite happy to have in the in the yellow session. Yeah, well, he's he's a good one for he's a good one for sure, good WA boy for sure. All right, so I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask this one, and I I find this fascinating, especially with you being a Victor with you being a Victorian. I'm interested to see how you answer this. Is it with as you said in, in 2020 the grand final was up in the Gabon, 2021 the grand final was out in WA. So it was very interesting to see the AFL grand final not at the MCG for two years, and I was thoroughly surprised when Victorian media started bringing up the topic of. Is is there a possibility that the grand final may should could potentially become a traveling grand final? I know about the fifty year contract, so we're going to suspend that for just a second. As you, as a Victorian, do, do you kind of like the idea potentially of of it kind of shutting up interstate fans saying, "Okay, it's not just a Vic bias"? Or are you one of those that you kind of do have that? the tradition of it being at the MCG uh, being something that you really would like to keep a hold of. I love the fact that it's in Melbourne, um, you know, a hundred thousand people. Uh, but I actually don't have a problem with it being a traveling grand final. Um, I believe the more people that get to see um, the great game and get to see the, the pinnacle of the season, um, I think is uh, all the more better. 
Um, the stadium would have to hold. I mean, Optus Stadium has sixty thousand Adelaide mm -hmm. Oval. I think it's what fifty. 53, 54 maybe. max. I mean, you could, if, if, you wanted, if you wanted to do it at Sydney, you could do it at a core, which I think is 70 or 80, which is the next, which is the next biggest besides the MCG. But when it comes to just footy grounds, yeah, I mean, it would, it would go MCG and then Optus was 60, it was 60. So that's at Homebush, yeah. Yep. Um, I've been to a few NRL grand finals at, um, at Homebush and um, it's, Look with a full with a full house, it's okay. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't. The surface apparently is not uh, not crash hot. I, I I don't have a problem with it. Um, it's not going to happen um, mm -hmm. because, as you said, the uh, the contract with the MCG. But I'm one of those um, Victorians that uh, likes to keep both eyes open. Um, and I yeah, I I don't have a, a huge problem with it. Yeah, I mean, it's all preference. And again, like I said, that contract is going to hand tie that. I don't think it's going to happen, but it, it's, it was interesting. The Victorian media brought it up. It was not something I was expecting. So, so as we'll, we'll kind of go off what you said a little bit is you like seeing people get to see footy a little bit. And this year the, the AFL decided, Hey, NRL, we like your idea of magic round, but we're going to call it gather round. We'll, 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 we'll put aside whether what we think of the name, South Australia gets to host all nine games in one round this year in gather round. So I'm fascinated as a Victorian. What are, what are your thoughts on gather round? And then do you have any, give any thoughts of maybe slipping over to SA and catching a few footy games since most of the nine games are all going to be within traveling distance. Um, <clears throat> I'm copying the NRL's magic round. Um, I actually don't mind it. Uh, I, I, I like, the fact that they've made an allowance in the schedule to have an extra game for the season. Um, so therefore you still have, um, you know, 16 clubs still have 11 home games. Um, what it does is it gives Port Adelaide and Adelaide an extra home game. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, uh, it can't be avoided. I actually don't mind it. I've, um, I've already bought a ticket to see our game against Sydney. At the Adelaide Oval. I've not bought it. I got it for free with my membership. Mm -hmm. um, I did look at accommodation a few weeks ago, and in the actual CBD, it's um, it's fairly sparse and quite expensive. So uh, whether or not I go over, I don't know. Um, I'd like to, um, but it just depends on on whether um, the logistics work out. But overall, I don't mind it. I think it'll be um, I think it'll be great uh, viewing on on TV. Uh, to have all nine games, and particularly with a few of those games at um, at smaller stadiums like uh, I think Nor Norwood and Glenelg, I think are the There's... two that I'm pretty sure of yeah. that they're going to be at. Ah, okay. Because accommodation options in Glenelg are still quite. I'm probably letting the secret out. They're still um, quite. Uh, so, yeah, I I actually would like to go over. Um, we like to go um, a couple of times a year to a uh, an interstate game. Um, <clears throat> in seventeen, I went to every game, um, all away games, away there. Um, I went to all twenty-two home and away games and uh, all three finals. So uh, I do like um, I do like travelling interstate footy. So you know w whether it means a drive over or um, or fork out for a flight. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind standing up on the hill. Uh, being at a, a, a Richmond Sydney game 
in Adelaide and sort of not having to deal with uh, with the port and crows fear of. <laughs> yeah, it makes one hundred percent sense. I, I I love it. So if you do go, uh, have have a, have a blast. So most people that listen to my channel and, and keep an eye on my channel know that I am a huge advocate for women's footy. I think women's footy is a huge growth opportunity for the AFL, and it's something I have fallen in love with. So I ask, do you keep an eye on the AFLW? And if so, have you kept an eye on your beloved Richmond Tigers, who I think are a team on the rise and a team that I have loved keeping an eye on over these last two, uh, two and a half seasons? I do follow it. Um, I think it's great. Uh, I probably didn't follow it too closely up until the start of last year. Now, I think that was due to the fact that Richmond weren't very good mm. and watching games was, uh, was a hard slog. Um, but I watched every uh, Richmond game this year, really invested, um, just enjoyed watching it. I have to confess, though, I don't watch too much of the other games. Um, I probably should, but at this stage, uh, my interest in uh, and it's probably very biased of me. My interest in other games probably just isn't quite there. And um, the standard probably isn't quite there yet for me to um, not watch a game unless I have a vested interest in it. Um, that's no criticism of, of the girls at all. Um, I think they're improving amazingly. I think that the young girls that are getting drafted now um, have, are going to um, be absolute stars um, you can just tell by the way they move, their kicking action, um, their footy IQ, they've grown up with the game. Uh, you know, players like for us, like Ellie McKenzie, um, just just real, real good movers. Um, so I'm fully supportive of the women's game. I watch Richmond games and get quite invested in it. Uh, it was disappointing. It was good to make finals, but it was disappointing to lose our two finals. Um but I, uh, I think next year we've kept our core together. And, um, I mean, how could you not love watching Monique Conti play? She's an absolute star. Um, but probably my favourite player was, uh, was Court Wakefield, and she's, uh, she's retired this year. So, uh, yeah, I follow it, fully supportive of it, and I'll try and watch more non-Richmond games this year. Yeah, fantastic. I 100 Mon Conti is one of my favorites, but I I think I think the three-headed monster you've got in midfield of Mon Conti, Grace Egan, and Ellie McKenzie are going to be fun to watch. They're young, they're talented, and they're very very good. I think Richmond has got a great base. Yeah, it, it, I think it, it's sad to see Courtney Wakefield retire, but what a career that she has had. Absolutely fantastic. It's sad to see her go, but what what a hell of a career. So, we jump to it. I I told many people it is on my bucket list to get to Australia. I have never been there. I want to come see a game. So I'm doing a little bit of research to be sure when I go that I am ready. So I asked this as an American, we love our food at our sporting events. What's your go-to food when you go to the footy? Uh, it's normally served from a tap into a cold glass. <laughs> I don't, I don't eat. I don't eat at the footy. I don't, I haven't for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, I'm fortunate enough to be able to afford a, a fairly high coaching membership. So um, uh, I, uh, I normally have a few beers um, and, and watch the game. Either I'm going to out myself as being a bit of a snob here, sometimes behind glass, uh, sometimes we'll go out into the, 
into the uh, the seating area. But um, sorry to disappoint. I know my my mate Craig, who I go with, he's he's a big fan of the hot dogs at the MCG. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll he'll always get two hot dogs and, and smash into those. Um, but I'm yeah, I'll normally wait till after the game to have something to eat. To, uh, so yeah. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. You're not the first. In fact, I I even had one fan say they were so nervous. They're so nervous for the game they can't eat. They get it. They get like a they get like a, a soda pop, or some kind of some kind of fizzy drink, so then they can keep ease their stomach. But they're so nervous they can't eat. So you're not the first. Not a problem at all. So if we go to the other one, I gotta find where's the best place to sit. When I go to the footy, where where should I try to find a ticket to sit to watch the footy? If you're going to a Sydney game at the SCG, I would suggest um, you could probably sit anywhere because it's mostly, I mean, you, you want to be with your own kind. You, know, you could probably sit anywhere. Um, if you went to a, um, a game, say, at the MCG, I'd suggest if you could try and get somewhere closest to the wing um, and not too high up, but, I mean, you'll pay for it, but um, sort of mid so you can see everything mm-hmm. unfold. Um, believe it or not, I think right up in the bleachers, it's not a bad spot either because you can see the whole field and you can see everything unfold um, sometimes before it even happens. Um, if you want crowd experience, see if you can sit somewhere near the cheer squad, although you know, I'm not a huge fan of cheer squads, but if, if you want the atmosphere, um, sit there, although they're usually behind the goals, which doesn't offer the best view. Um, so I would suggest if you can, uh, if you can manage it, try and get somewhere on the wing, say on the, on the second level, or at least high up on the, on the first level. So you can see everything unfold. All right. One of the most common answers. Absolutely love it. All righty. And then my favorite, my, my favorite question that I asked, this is the last question that I asked for each of my interviews. And I love this because I'm finding some really great games out of this. What is your favorite game of footy you have ever seen live on the telly? Doesn't matter. What is your favorite game of footy you have ever seen? I went to a game at the MCG, actually two games. Yeah. Versus West Coast. Um, the first one was, uh, oh, I can't remember what year. Brett Deledio was playing, I think it might have been his first game or certainly uh, one of his first games. Um, West Coast ended up winning by, I think, four points, but it was such an amazing game. Um, you know, West Coast had Cousins, Judd, and Kerr in the midfield, and it was just it was one of those very few games where I was able to um, open um, that one eye that's usually closed and just appreciate those three for the players they were. They single-handedly got them over the line. And it was during a period where we weren't great. Um, Matthew Richardson kicked a goal late in the last to put us in front, uh, which was amazing. But um, I left that game disappointed that we lost but really happy that I'd made the effort to go and see a classic. And the other game was late in the season versus West Coast again. I think it was 2019, 18 or 19. Um, the two, it might have been 18, you know, because um, West Coast were very good that year too. MCG, um, we needed to win. They needed to win. West Coast got out to a five-goal 
a nothing lead early and we just reeled them in and it was it was just one of the best games you could ever want to see. Uh, it had everything. Um, we won um, in the dying stages by, uh, I think it was like uh, six points or something like that. But uh, it was one of those games where you just you just take a deep breath at the end and go, gee, I'm glad I was here. Awesome. That's fantastic. I love the, I love the stories. Definitely have to check that one out. So, alrighty, that is going to do it for my chat, Justin. I really, really appreciate you coming on the episode and, and telling me some great stories. Absolutely fantastic. Genuinely appreciate it. So thank you for coming on the show today. Uh, my pleasure, Donnie and uh, go Tides. If you're ever, if you're ever down here for a game, um, I'm sure you'll have a, a long list of, of people who are, who are wanting to catch up with you and, uh, and uh, be with you at a game or even if it's just really a beer or a soft drink beforehand, uh, give us a bell. Well, dude, definitely will re- definitely will reach out. Genuinely appreciate the, the love and support that I get from so many Aussies when it comes to the game of footy. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for our episode today. Keep an eye out. I still have more more interviews coming out. VFL, Sandful, Waffle, and obviously more AFL chats. We're going to get to March. We're going to get to the start of the footy season, and then we're going to crack on to the footy season for sure. So, That is going to do it for our episode. Have a wonderful evening, and we will be back with another episode very, very soon.